Welcome, everyone, to a special edition of the Infertility Feelings podcast. Ooh, yes, that's right. It is special. We are doing this podcast and releasing this podcast during National Infertility Awareness Week, which is in April. Yes. So if you're listening to this in December, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. But this was recorded in April. So. And the reason that we're doing this podcast during National Infertility Awareness Week is that this special podcast is not directed towards our normal audience. Yes. This podcast is directed towards the friends and family of those who struggle with infertility. Welcome back to the Infertility Feelings Podcast, your place to process, cry, and laugh about infertility. We are so happy to have you here, and we really hope you enjoy today's conversation. episode to be done well. Is that a thing you can say? No, actually, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> like I'm feeling almost a little bit of like pressure. Like I really want to nail this. It's, so, good, to, it's Doug, good to know that you don't feel pressure normally. I don't feel pressure normally. No, not at all. You just talk to the masses like you're in your living room. Yes. Because I basically am. That's why you have a, a certain specialness about you, Jesse. I do. Which that's not going to go I'm away. I'm actually in a full tuxedo right now. <laughs> No, Doug, do you realize that this is the only time I talk to you with no glasses on? You take your glasses off because your headphones hurt your head. Yeah. So I'm, as fun fact, when we do these episodes, I can't I'm, see a thing. And I never wear shoes. I never wear <laughs> shoes and Doug never wears his glasses. Well, if you're getting this podcast and someone has sent it to you, maybe they're saying, hey, this is a great little window into what it's like to struggle with infertility. Once again, you may know this. My name is Doug. And my name is Jesse Brown. We run a podcast called... The Infertility Feelings Podcast. Doug, they saw the title of this podcast. I know. But we also run a nonprofit called Uniquely Knitted. And the whole point behind it is that we support the infertility community. Yes. We run process groups for people who are struggling to get pregnant. Yes. It's a six-week group where people come in, they talk about their feelings, get stuff off their chest, and learn how to feel more resilient. But the whole reason for this episode and the whole reason we run the nonprofit is so that People can have a greater sense of understanding what it's like to go through infertility, have tools to make it through. And one thing that we hear over and over and over and over again is that it is difficult to talk about infertility with friends and family. Yeah. We've even heard in our our process groups, sometimes it's easier to talk to strangers, tell strangers your story over your family because it's more emotional and there's more feelings involved and they want to maybe surprise you. So if you're getting this episode from someone, don't automatically feel bad or that you're doing no. it terribly. It's just sometimes it's easier also for someone else to kind of open the door, which is what we're doing for, for the person that is struggling. It's just sometimes easier and that's it. That's it. There's no hidden... I don't feel like there's no hidden agenda. There's no hidden agenda. This isn't a long timeshare pitch. I promise. <laughs> um, there's no We're not giving vacation away a boat. rental in Florida at the end of this. Right. We're just here to help people open the door in communication with you. And to one of the things that we tell people um, that, or we hear from people that are struggling with infertility is sometimes it's hard to educate also yeah. on what is going on and how this, what is going on in this world. And so we're going to do that. Um, a little, educa- a little mini education with Jesse and Doug, this ought to go well. And, um, and then we are going to talk about what it feels like and what you can do 
as this person's family member or friend who is struggling. That's right. To be as clear as possible, we're going to spend the first part of this little podcast defining what infertility is. Right. How can we talk about it? What are ways that we can feel confident in talking about infertility, but also be sensitive to the topic? And then we're going to move into what does it actually feel like to struggle to get pregnant? You may be listening to this and you're struggling to get pregnant. Yep. You may Hi. listen to this and uh, you may know, have a loved one in your life who's struggling to get pregnant. Maybe mm-hmm. a, a brother, a sister, a cousin, a daughter, whoever it is. This podcast hopefully just gives you a little window into what's going on in the infertility world. What does it feel like to go through this and how you can approach this whole situation very educated and in a very tender way. So hopefully this is an enjoyable 38 minutes. I'm going to call it right now. That's how long it's going to be. Minutes. I think so. I think that's it. That's wow. just 38 no minutes. No pressure. So from here on out, we are going to be talking to the family and friends of people that are struggling with infertility. Okay, to begin the conversation, let's talk about when we're actually struggling with infertility. You know, if someone says like, yeah, we're actually trying to get pregnant, you go, oh, so are you dealing with infertility? <laughs> it almost feels like- Or maybe when, you don't even say it, maybe when that's can what you, you, when you When can you call it infertility? When do you call it trying? When do you call it struggling? That's actually something I really felt in the beginning of infertility was like, what do we, how do, what language do we use? We've been trying for six months. Are we struggling to conceive? Are we infertile? Are, what, what's going on here? How do we categorize that, Jesse? Categorize the language for us. No pressure. No pressure. Um, I know, because I think this is somewhat, something that even when someone is struggling with infertility is trying to define themselves. Yeah. Um, Let's start with the big one. Yeah. Infertile. Who is infertile? I am do infertile. You, do you think we are infertile? Yes. I think, I actually think that someone who cannot have biological children on their own and, and I don't know, would you say go so far as in like walking away? Or who just never has. Yeah. Never has like me and you combined, which you could hear our story later at a different time, but like we cannot have biological children together. And it's been decades. And it's been a decade. Yeah. It's like, I, I think we are infertile. Congratulations. We made it, Jesse. We're infertile. I need a pin. <laughs> I need but I would say this, if you've only been in the, if you've only been trying to get pregnant for a couple of years and you're still actively trying, which is a long time. Don't act like right, that's like that's nothing. a long time, but right. you're still actively trying, right? Maybe you're doing treatment or you're still, you know, you're in it. I would I say, I don't think you're infertile. I don't think you're infertile either. I think you are struggling with infertility. Yes. That's what I think. I agree. And I don't know, trying to get pregnant could mean the same thing. That's where I'm hung up. And someone that's struggling with infertility might say they're trying to get pregnant. And they are struggling with infertility because they've been in it for two years. Right. You know what I mean? But I think someone who's maybe only been um, trying to get pregnant for under a year, I think they're just, they're, they're, I I would say maybe struggling to conceive, struggling to get pregnant. I don't know. I don't know if you can define it that way. (laughs) Because what if you have like five miscarriages in that year? You're struggling with infertility. So I don't know if it's a timeline thing. I don't know if it's, and I don't think it's even important. I don't think it's even important. Okay, I think fertile let me, let me, people say that they're trying to get pregnant. This is why I'm struggling. But let me let me throw this at you. Maybe there's maybe like there's an uncle listening to this podcast right now. Oh, please, that would be and so dear. And their like niece or something like that is is struggling to get pregnant, and they want to bring it up. Do they say how's your infertility going? No. Okay, so what do they say? <laughs> what do they say? We are very comfortable with the words in our lives and towards us of we are infertile, but that 
could not be everyone and probably right. the rarity. I would say if this person has told you that they are struggling to grow their family um, and you are the uncle and you want to ask how it's going, I would just go very slow. Yeah. And which we can talk about later. How maybe do you let, do this? Maybe let them define yeah. what they want to be yes. called. Yes. Yeah. Like if they are trying to get pregnant, you can repeat back. How's it going trying to get pregnant? If they yeah. say you we're struggling with infertility, how is your infertility struggle going? Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if they say we're struggling to grow our family, it's like repeat back what they have said to you. Don't make up your own narrative. That's good. Ooh, that is good. Put that on a so, sheet of something. So pay attention to what <laughs> they say and then use you, the language that they, they used. Say, right. Me and Doug say infertile. So you can say, Doug and Jesse yeah. has a goal of being infertile. I've noticed this, and this has happened to us in the past, where someone has a miscarriage. Yeah. It's a horrible feeling. And um, and they struggle with identifying with the word infertility. Yeah, some because some people get like, hung well, up. I, I'm, not in, I'm not infertile. We got pregnant, pregnant and yeah. we had miscarriage and I'll get pregnant again. It's, yeah. it's touchy. It's touchy. I would say, I think that's the best advice there is, yeah. is use the words that they use. Yes. Um, but that means you got to be open to talking about it. Right. Present yourself in a really safe, open way. Right. Okay, moving on. If we're talking about infertility, uh, we're talking about struggling to conceive, when is someone actually dealing with infertility from a medical standpoint? You know, is it a, is it two months in? Well, now they're struggling to get pregnant. Right. Is it three months in? When are we actually dealing with a struggle to conceive? The, the medical field will probably define this as, and they tell you to go home and try for a year to try right. to get pregnant before coming back and seeing if there's anything wrong. Which is a long time. Which is a long time, but that's only 12 times. Do you know that? And if you have inconsistent periods, that could be only three times. Right. So there's a lot that could go into that. And say that. you like get sick one month, right? Or like right. you feel like crap or, or something. Or your partner is on vacation right. or whatever. It's like- It's not many times. It's not many times, um, which is a whole nother conversation. But um, so that's what the medical field is kind of defined as infertility. So, um, and a lot of people, if, if you know that person is going to- you know, go to the doctor, it's probably because they've tried for a year, probably, unless they have some preconceived things like they're older or they already know they have PCOS or endometriosis or any of these things, or they're having recurring miscarriages, recurring miscarriages. They, if they're saying that they're, they're going to an RE, which is a reproductive endocrinologist, or going to get an appointment to get their body checked, they probably have been already trying for a year. Right. So the answer is unclear. It could be a year. It Which could is why be... this is such a time bomb <laughs> or such a bomb. But to generally have to deal with. the idea is that they've been trying for a while and, yeah. it, and it's, and it's difficult, right? There's a whole, an emotional side to it. But right. There's also a logistical side to right. it that, um, you know, when we first started to, to try to get pregnant, people were, were like, we don't want it to go too quick. Right. You know, the trying is the fun part. Right. Um, but three months in after it not working, I was like, this isn't fun anymore. Right. You know, this, I, I want, we don't, we right. want to be pregnant. Right. Right. So I would say, yes, the medical world is defined it as a year, but it's so touch and go. Yeah. It's just the idea is if it's been difficult emotionally for you and you right. feel like you're doing things right and you're putting effort towards it and it's not working, that's a, that's struggling, right? Yes, You're struggling yes, totally. to do this. Yeah. Right. Diagnosable infertility or qualifying yourself for treatment comes later, you know, six, 12 months. Yeah. Um, but then once you start to get into some of those treatments, 
you've been trying for a long time. Yes. Okay. So what typically, are, right, there's not always typically. typically, right? So what are some of the treatments that you can do? We're going to talk about two big ones or three yeah. big ones, I would say. Yeah. Um, the first one is medicated cycles. Yes. So that's basically trying to get pregnant while using medication that helps you get pregnant. And that is naturally. So yeah, someone says they are right. on a medicated cycle. We literally could define this. They are taking meds and having sex on their own to yeah. try to get pregnant, but they are using meds to stimulate their body and stimulate. Um, right. And there's a million stuff. different categories within that, but right. we're going to keep it real basic for you. Right. Is, if some, you know, that's maybe the first step. If, if right. they can't really, they, maybe they run some tests and mm-hmm. they go, we can't really quite figure out what it is. Let's try to do a medicated cycle. So we're going to give you some fertility medications, whether shots, mm-hmm. pills, um, and you're going to take those. You're going to have sex like normal mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to try to get pregnant that way. That's maybe first step. Right. But the, you really only go down that road. And some it, people don't have that step. We never had that step. We never had that step because we had a diagnosable issue once we went in. Right. So th- that maybe would be the, the the first treatment if they can't find something. But if they do find an issue that would um, cause them to not recommend doing a medicated cycle, then you really have two treatment options that open up to you depending on what you've uh, what they discover during, during that testing. The first is an IUI, which is um, a creative way to say they inject the sperm into the woman's body. Thank you, Doug, for that. Thank I, you. I, there was a lot of other analogies that I could have used, but... And the reason why we're know, not... I think I went with... I, just, I avoided that. I like it. I had, I had restrained myself. I like it. And the reason we're not trying, like, breaking down, like what the IUI even stands for is that's what people say yeah. in the infertility community. So front row seat people, if you want to know what it's like, this is it. You say words like IUI and IVF and IUI is a lesser invasive treatment yeah. with medication, yeah. shots and pills and all those things. And basically that means that now they're not at home trying to have sex. They are in the doctor's office. And when it is time, when the egg is on its way down, they inject the sperm and they try to get the sperm and the egg to meet right. like that. Right. They're taking out all the guesswork of how yeah. the sperm gets to where the eggs are. Right. They're trying to push it past right. to get it to go towards the egg. So that is an IUI. Yes. Someone's got to say it. Turkey think, baster. Think turkey baster. Think turkey baster. And you just, whoosh, it's yep. up there now. Yep. yep. That's basically what it is. And if you're feeling uncomfortable, Imagine having it done to you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you're uncomfortable with the word vagina, I'm so sorry, but this is what this is. And this is again, but is it even like we laugh, but it's like, this is why this is so hard to talk about. Right. Yeah. With your family yeah, and totally. friends or your dad. Right. Good God. Like my What's dad. Up, dad? Couldn't, How's it going? I know. I love my dad, but my dad could barely handle a tampon commercial. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, you can see why going and talking about this heavy stuff is it has to do with sex. It has to do with vaginas. It has to do with all these things. And so that could be a reason why this is difficult for someone to bring it up. So we'll bring it up for you. Welcome to the front seat. Welcome. Welcome to this. Okay. So that's the front seat. I think it's front row seat. That's what I'm trying to say. Welcome to the shotgun seat is what you're saying. Shotgun seat. Exactly. So So we'll do it for you. If that's the lesser invasive treatment option, there is a more invasive treatment option called IVF. Mm-hmm. And what IVF is, is you take medication and then you go into, you go in for a procedure. And that first procedure is where they take the eggs out of the woman's body, uh-huh. right? And then the second time, second thing they do is they take the sperm 
and they combine it in the lab. So they have a lab that is creating these embryos and then they wait for them to mature. They can test them. But basically you're creating embryos with the genetic material of both people. Yes. And then once that embryo matures and is viable and ready to be transferred, they transfer that into the uterus, into the woman. Which normally is about three to five days after they've taken the eggs out. Right. Or they can freeze them and do it later on. Yes. But if you're like, okay, that's very scientific. It is very scientific. Right. It's a very complicated uh, thing. And these doctors are like magicians. I mean, they they go to school forever. They're, They're still in school. (laughs) <laughs> They're trying to figure out how to do this. Let me let me break it down this way too. When someone says fresh cycle, that means that they have just recently taken their eggs out to make embryos. And three to five days later, they're transferring that embryo back into the woman. Then if they say they're doing a frozen transfer, that means that they did all of that a while ago and that embryo is frozen. So if they're doing a frozen transfer, they're going to the freezer not them, but the guy or girl who does that. And they're taking that egg. And sometimes it's, it's notable to say embryo, sorry, not egg, embryo. Sometimes it's notable to say, sometimes that embryo doesn't make it past the thaw, which we've heard multiple times, which like crushes me every time. Yeah. The em- so, when, when, when you do the, the combination, right? The sperm and the egg, yeah. they hopefully mature into yeah. healthy, viable embryos, right. but not always, not right? Always. We had five embryos. In the beginning right? of day one. In the beginning of day one. And when, when, when we got to the day we were going to transfer, we had one. Right. So they and don't some all people su- can have none. Right. And they don't all make it. They don't all survive. Um, yeah. We're, we're going to cover some of the common issues and things that can go wrong. Right. But we, we hope you just kind of get the overview, right? Even yeah. if you're, if you're just listening to this and you're like, I don't know anything about fertility treatments, or if Someone sent this to you and you're like, what are they doing? Just know that there's medicated cycles. There's IUIs, which is a little bit more invasive. Mm-hmm. The, the, the doctors are more hands-on into mm-hmm. the process. And then there's IVF where they're basically doing everything. They're, right. they're taking the egg. They're taking the sperm. They're combining it. Right. They're implanting it. And then even then, you hope, it, you really do just hope. That is a shot at yeah. getting pregnant. Right. Um, it doesn't always work. The The embryos don't always stick. Right. And, um, and if you are uncomfortable right now and need to take a break, that is totally fine. But also if you are uncomfortable, imagine your sweet daughter or son or whatever friend talking to you about this. Like it is uncomfortable. So hopefully we're softening the blow for them and we can educate you. So when they say the word IVF, they don't have to educate. Exactly. You already know. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's way more that you could learn about of this. Of course. It's not this we are just scratching the very right. surface of the iceberg. Right. Which has much more information underneath it. You right. could Google things. You could look up exactly what the procedure they're doing. Right. Uh, but which the, I encourage. Yeah, you strongly. totally should. But the idea is that you just want to have a general idea of what's going on. If right. they say, oh, yeah, we're we're moving on to IVF, it's right. not like, well, what's that? You know, that it's right. hard to explain. And if I could talk about in our support groups, I hear a lot of the time that, you know, I love these support groups because I can just say the word IUI or IVF and I don't have to explain myself. So that is something that we are hearing from the other side that it's so nice and relieving, especially if you're emotional. For me, I feel like when I would get emotional and say some of these things and then I would be interrupted, like, wait, what's that again? 
it would take all the wind out of my sails right. immediately. So basically what we're saying is we're here to kind of break it down. So hopefully you can know and get familiar with some of these words when someone is sharing it with you. Okay. A couple more things to talk about before we get to what it feels like to struggle with infertility. Um, a big one is how long does all this take? It's just, it's a total shit show. <laughs> it is the, the variables are many, I would say. Um, some people move through IVF, maybe like the biggest and you know most invasive procedure there is. They move through it fairly quickly. They do a couple of retrieval cycles where they take the eggs and then they then they go into a couple transfer cycles and, and maybe it ends up working or or they're just they're in it very quickly. We've seen other people though who go through some testing. The doctors are want to see a little bit more testing. Then they then they find, you know something that they want to check out. So they schedule a surgery for three months from now. Yeah. Then you have the surgery, then you do a test. And the, the long story short is that it feels like it takes forever to get started. So it, there's a lot right. of, there's a lot of variables that go along with it. It could be three months. It could be a year right. before you really feel like you've gotten into it. I always say that infertility, when you're doing fertility treatments, which also it's fertility treatments, not infertility treatments, didn't know that and started, until I started doing this podcast that there's actually, I would call it infertility treatments or infertility clinic. It is a fertility clinic, fertility treatments. Yes, that was more for me than anyone else. But it can go really fast or it can go, things can change really fast or it can go really, really slow. One thing to note is that fertility treatments are expensive. Some people- Very expensive. Have it covered on- <laughs> Uh, have it covered by their insurance. Some people have different parts covered by their insurance. Um, but common, what we've seen mm. is that it people don't have it covered by their insurance. Right. And so it is very expensive. So just a note that that can also be something that's very stressful for the person and or the couple going through this is they're also dealing with that stress. They might be fighting insurance companies. Right. They might be saving up their, you know, using their family savings to pay for some of this stuff. Right. So or just, going into debt or going into debt. Oh no, no one did that. Right. We didn't do that. <laughs> did we? No, no, we did. We just paid it off last year. Um, but you know, they could be going into debt. So that is like an added thing. So when, sometimes when the response, I don't know, we can get into this later, but I feel like when there's a very flippant response to someone that's struggling with infertility, like sometimes you have no idea what they're even going through with the treatments, but also, and emotionally, but also with money and the conversations that that brings up and that their partners could not be on the same page. We've seen that multiple times, right? you know? So just know that that's an added stress to this world is the financial piece. Yeah. You think sometimes like, well, I'm, I'm struggling with something medically. Well, I'm just going to head down to the hospital. Right. Then I'll get my bill. Insurance will cover copay, cover, co-pay and all that kind of stuff. Um, in some states, infertility is wildly different. Yeah. Maybe you go see your OB and then after that they go, well, this is about as far as I can take you. For us, that was IUIs. They, uh-huh. We could do an IUI with our general hospital, you know, like- We the, still paid for it. We, it was- still, we still paid for it, but still it was like, it felt like it was still in that world, like right. in the world of, oh, my throat hurts or, oh, I, right. need, I need knee surgery. Right. The IUI was covered in that world. Right. Um, but as soon as we talked about IVF, it was like, well, okay, so now you got to go to, it's a different building. It's, right. it's not, it's not the hospital. Right. It has a different name. And then you go there and, you know, for us, it was like, well, insurance doesn't cover any of this. So now we're talking tens of thousands of dollars, you right. know? So, and it's different everywhere. 
Um, and insurance does cover things in other states and, and, and it works differently everywhere. However, that's the general idea is that the more you go into this world, the less and less things get covered. And I feel like this podcast is step one. Yeah. <laughs> step one. Some states cover more things and more insurance. Now <laughs> you have the tool of Google to go Google your state of where your loved one is struggling right. with infertility. Right. And, and that could give you some answers to that. So obviously there's no way that we can cover everything that you need to know when it comes to infertility just in a few minutes here. But the, the general idea is this, is that if someone in your life, you know, is struggling to get pregnant, you just want to approach it with a sense of self-education. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to be like, well, how'd it go? How's that going? Go, what is that? Well, you tell me. You tell. Because right. what they're going through is very emotional. Right. It's very difficult to process. Right. To, at the same time, educate and then also kind of like be emotional and be tender with it. It's hard for people to do. Right. So you, if you're, if you're listening to this, you, you, you know, it's a good idea just to go, I kind of have a general understanding of how it all works. And that is that people are trying to get pregnant. One in eight couples are struggling to get pregnant right, right now. Right. One in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. Right. So people are six months in, they're eight months in, they're scheduling doctor's appointments. They're talking to doctors about maybe scheduling their first IUI. Maybe they've gotten a diagnosis that automatically takes them to IVF and they're having to figure out what that means for them financially, emotionally. And what we want to do is just hopefully give you a little window into that world and say, tread slowly, tread lightly, and have a general idea of the different pathways that they can go down. And probably if they've told you, there's probably been going on for a while. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So think that too, because couples naturally want to surprise their loved ones that they're pregnant. Right. That is a thing that is just in our world. And so that could be a reason also why they haven't told you for a while. And if they tell you, it's probably there's more there than meets the eye. Yeah, it's probably a big deal. It's... I would say it is. <laughs> Which brings us really yeah. to uh, an entirely different point, but probably more important than understanding the educational side of it is understanding what's emotionally happening for someone who's struggling with infertility. In this second part of this podcast, we want to talk about what it feels like to emotionally struggle with infertility. And we're just going to begin with the big three emotions. The big three. We call which them, encompass everything. We call them the big three. There's more and they're all over the place, <laughs> but this is the top three. I would say anxiety, being overwhelmed. If you start looking at into this world and you are overwhelmed... They had to do the same thing. Right. It's overwhelming. Fear. Anxiety, overwhelming. And fear. Fear. Yes. That's it. No, it's so true though. The, the anxiety, if you think about what, you know, how, how can I understand anxiety? Think about living permanently in the what if. Right. What if that, what if that, what if that? Oh, that's exactly what anxiety, that's exactly what infertility is. And I would bet that you're feeling very similar feelings. What if, what if they don't get pregnant? What if they're dealing with this? What if, what if, what if, you know? So you're constantly wondering what if, what if that happens? What if this happens? It's almost like, you know, you can't stop yourself going down that road. Start Googling everything. Right. 
and you're just living in that what if, but also the amount of information happening and coming to you, the amount of new experiences you're having is overwhelming. Yes. It's almost like, I don't know how to explain it because I'm just flooded with this new stuff. Yes. That's why I think education for the family and friend is so important Right, because they are overwhelmed with so many things financially, medically, spiritually, like so many things can be um, triggered and just hard and overwhelming in this process. Which I think leads to fear, right? You're just so afraid of what's going to happen. And if we could connect the family piece. Right. Is fear that they're letting you down. Yeah. Fear that they're letting down themselves. Fear that they're not the typical maybe child that you had that maybe like your other children had no problems in this area. Right. And it's very, it's, and that's a little bit different, but it's like very fearful to tell you. um, Yeah. Yeah. They're afraid that their life isn't turning out the way they wanted it to. Right. Maybe that if they're in a relationship, like if they're married or something, like their marriage isn't isn't having kids in it the way they thought it was going right. to. They're not delivering grandkids the way they right. thought they were going to. Right. Um, and it's scary. It's a scary yeah. world. I want to add a, a, a third, fourth one, which is a special, a special call out for trauma. Yeah. Really, so many things that happen within the world of infertility are traumatizing. Yes. And Trauma feels a lot like just pure shock. Yeah. Just being numb. Numb. Yeah. Numb and shocked. And you've experienced a miscarriage or a loss or, or a transfer that didn't work or, or embryos that didn't develop or, or just anything. Like it could be anything in this right. world. Um, it's so traumatizing and you're in pure shock. Yes. So maybe you're going out to like dinner with a friend and you're like, what? They feel like they're not there. You know, kind right. of like waving the hand in front of the face. Right. Eyes glazed over. For me, that's how it felt. It's just so shocking. Right. It's just so shocking, like out of it, you know? And then I think that another thing that happens to the person that is struggling is their coping mechanisms have gone out the door. For Doug and I, right. this was the first quote unquote big thing that had happened to us in our relationship, in our relationship, quote unquote, you know what I mean? Like, and so our coping mechanisms and how we dealt with things in the past weren't working. There's just so much that happens. It's just, and I think that's what I would implore on family and friends of like, be gentle. There's so much happening when you're struggling to conceive. And especially if you've been struggling to conceive for a really long time is, you know, anxiety, overwhelming fear, could have major trauma and your coping mechanisms has gone to hell. Like right. th- when, when, when someone is talking to you about that, think about them in that light, that that could be something that they are feeling all the time right. and just be gentle, just be gentle with them. And then you think this person has to now share all of this information. Right. So they're feeling all these things. So they're, they're overwhelmed themselves. They're kind of in shock that this is happening they're like, how did my life end up like this? They're anxious about an upcoming, you know, cycle or, mm-hmm. or procedure or like just trying to get pregnant this next month. Mm-hmm. And then they have to present all this information in a way that doesn't make them feel more overwhelmed, more traumatized or more anxious. Do you know why I think it, it is? creates a lot of shame? I think shame. it creates a Total lot of shame, shame. Yeah. especially with family, but also shame if all of your friends are pregnant. If all of your friends are pregnant, you feel a just awkward because you're like, I'm the odd man out and just shame. Like, 
ugh, just shame that I that this is happening to me and it's just uncomfortable. But I think also shame with family is a big one of like, I'm letting down my family. I'm the different one in the group. I am, you know, you as a parent, I feel like you want so much for your child and you want them to be happy. And now they're coming to you and you're like, I'm not happy. Yeah. I'm not doing well. Right. I feel like shit. You know, which is like, hard as a parent, right? If we're just talking about parents, it's yeah. hard as a parent because you never want anything bad to yes, happen to your kids. Yes. But that also adds the stress, to the difficulty of talking about yes. it because you're like, well, now I got to talk to my fr- even friends or family about how I'm going through this, and it's yeah. going to bum them out because yes. they don't want me to be sad. They don't want me to go through this, but I am. And yes. it's just, it adds to the difficulty of it. And a big thing that we hear from people is, I don't want to be a Debbie downer. Right. I don't want to be the friend that's in the group that doesn't have kids that I walk up and everyone's like, wah, 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 wah. They don't want to be that way. They yeah. don't want to be the one in the family who everyone is getting job promotions and has a bunch of kids and all doing well. And they come in and they're like, actually, we're struggling. We're right. like not doing great. We're not giving you, we're not. And I think, I think there's another thing here of like giving you the grandchild. I think there's something in that too, where it's like, there's shame in that of like, I really want this from you, especially if they feel that from you. If they feel like you're someone who really is just dying to be a grandparent. um, I think that they could probably feel afraid to tell you that they're struggling to give you what they want, what you want. Right. So, so the, the average person is processing a lot at this point, yes. right? Um, if they're struggling to get pregnant, they're dealing with all of the emotions that go along with it, all of the logistics that go along with it. And then at the same time, they're thinking, well, I want to stay connected and I want to do this. We really work with the infertility community on right. how to how for them to get out there right. and get their needs met, right? right? To talk about these things in a healthy way, right. to share what's going on in their life, um, with their loved ones and to be able to feel confident with it. Um, this podcast, this conversation, hopefully has gotten passed around to the right people that we're talking to the person that they're coming to, you know? Yeah. Hopefully it's like, well, okay, my person, this person I know is struggling. You know, we're reluctant to give you advice, right? That's not what this podcast is about. Right. Um, but really, if we could say anything, it would be that we are rooting for and hoping for healthy connection. This is my favorite part to talk about because I feel like this is where the actual change can come in. So we have educated ourselves as our family and friends that are struggling, that has someone that's struggling with infertility. And we've talked about what it feels like. Now, what do you do about it? How do you approach this? How do you deal with this? Okay. The goal is healthy connection. Healthy connection. We don't want anyone to be isolated. So we want healthy connection. Right. So if someone's coming to you and they're saying, we've been struggling to get pregnant or it's been a little difficult for us. You have no idea what they've gone through, but maybe they've just offered this. It's been difficult for us. Think it's very likely that this person is anxious, overwhelmed, stressed out, afraid of what's going on. Caveat. Even if they don't look like it. Totally. Caveat, major caveat is they could be talking to you and almost be a little robotic or feel like it's all fine when it's really, when really it's not. They they could be feeling all those things behind that. But what you got to think is this person might be traumatized. They might have been traumatized by some of these things that they're not willing to offer up and share right right in the beginning. Right. So I want to, I want to go towards healthy connection 
How do I do that? I think in the beginning, we got a couple ideas for you. The beginning, it looks like asking for permission to be involved in the conversation of it. Right. Whatever way they want that to be. But, you know, a lot of times we've seen people, the conversation comes up and the person who's it's coming up for is, is really uncomfortable. They don't know what to say. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I really hope that works out for you. That's crazy. You know, because it's so, it's such a tough thing to talk yeah, about. It is you know? awkward. But if you're aiming for healthy connection, it could be, I'm so sorry that this has happened to you. How can I be a part of this? Yeah. Do you want to share more? Do you want to tell the story? Right. Do you want to talk once a week? You're kind of asking for how you can be involved. It's difficult. I'm just going to be honest right now. It's difficult if you're a mom and it's your daughter coming to you. You're like, I don't need permission for nothing. I'm in it. <laughs> but I, th- but but think they may be really like in it and stressed and overwhelmed. Yes. So it's still good to go with the permission. Yes. I'd love to be involved in this. How can I... How can I join you in understanding this and supporting you? So right. be, first one, asking permission. Right. One thing to add to ask permission is try to be in a posture of not advice or a posture of platitudes or a posture of at least it's not this or, you know, whatever that is, Rel- just relax or have a glass of wine. Those things are... I'm, I'm just being honest, are just not helpful flat out. They're just not yeah. helpful. Yeah. I think a better response would be, what do you need from me? Like, how do you want me to respond? How can we remain close in this situation, especially with a friend who has children? I think that, that question is very important. And they might not know. They might need some time to think about it. Um, but maybe you can even say, when you're thinking about it, can I bring it up and ask you how you're doing and how, how the process has been about, about maintaining our connection? Yeah. And hopefully by educating yourself and understanding how big of a deal infertility right. is, right? that hopefully will give you an idea that just saying, oh, you know, you just got to keep trying. Right. That, that, that's not a super helpful response because of how much of a big deal it is. Okay. Next, I would say we've asked for permission. We're moving together. We're trying to maintain the relationship and make yourself available. If you are a friend to someone who's struggling with infertility, maybe say, hey, can we hang out without my kids? If you have children of your own, mom, hey, I'm available on Sundays for a conversation about this. Can I call you? Like make yourself available. I think that's really good because sometimes if you're struggling to get pregnant, you don't feel like there's a lot of great opportunities to talk about these kind of things. So if someone is like, hey, I'm here, do you want to talk? That's a really healthy first step. Right. And just knowing how big of a deal it is that they are bringing it up. They have probably thought a hundred thousand million trillion times of bringing it up and not knowing how to do it and not knowing what to say and fear of shame and judgment and fear of the just relaxed word or that you're not going to care or push it off. So know that it's a big deal when someone brings this up. And so it, I think making yourself available in a safe space after you kind of already known is really important. Okay. So ask permission, make yourself available. We would also say, let them decide what they need. Yes. It's very common that we enter a situation and we're hearing someone talk about something and we want to solve the problem or or we want to comfort them in a certain way, or we just, we're guessing what they need. 
And we're like, I bet you they need this. And we kind of start doing it. Right. And then we wonder, is this feeling good? Their face is crunching up and they're blah, like, you can tell they hate it. Right. What we want to do is ask them what they need. Yeah. What, do you, what do you need from me in this? Do right. you need me just to be a sounding board right. so you can vent? Do you need me to jump into the research with you? Yes. Do you need me to cry with you? Cry, whatever it is, you're going to hopefully let them dictate what they need. And if they don't know what they need, ask them. Yeah. Would this be good? Making you cookies every day of your life until you're not in pain anymore? Like whatever it is, like ask them and then hopefully they can say yes or no. Cause that's vulnerable. It's vulnerable to tell people what you need. And sometimes people don't know. So either give them space to think about it and then ask, Hey, can I bring up what you needed or whatever? Maybe through a text or something like that. And then and sometimes just ask them, like, this is my natural stance. Like I have some friends that are great at advice. So they can maybe be like, my natural stance is to give advice. Is that what you need? And just follow their lead. That's, that's pretty amazing. Okay. So two more. And my la- the last one is my most favorite piece of advice. And if anyone walks away from this podcast, with just that, I will be so happy. But first respect boundaries, but don't disappear. Yes. Know that they might need space from you. If you are a friend and you become pregnant. They might need some space. It's not about you and it's not about your baby and it's not about you. It's about them and what they're dealing with and they may need some space to process. If you are a mom and your daughter needs some boundaries of, I really need you to stop bringing it up at the Thanksgiving table of when you're going to be a grandma and it's all the dreams that you've ever lived for. It's like respect their boundaries and know that it's hard to bring up boundaries. It's really, it's again, very vulnerable. All of this is very vulnerable. Um, But also a a boundary when someone tells you, I don't, or, or like when someone tells you this information, you might think that the natural boundary is I will never bring this up again. And so that's what we mean by don't disappear is don't just leave them high and dry, ask them. And again, that's asking them what they need. And if the boundary is, I need you to stop bringing this up, respect it. If that's I hard need, to do. I that's know. hard to do to, I'm sitting it's here, hard to, I'm do like, to respect boundaries but not disappear. But I think that's exactly what people need. I know. They need someone who's going to listen to them and respect their boundaries but be like, "But hey, I'm always here. I'm always here." Right. And 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 no I think if everyone just did this the whole world would be better in I know. all things. In all ways, in all things, <laughs> just applied to everything. I know. And and boundaries when you're getting the boundary as you know your family friend that gets the boundary, you might go to shame yourself. Like it must be because I'm doing something wrong or whatever. And, it, and, and really, I hope that you view boundaries as growth yeah, and not shame. Of that, like, that person's growing. That, that, that person's growing. And hopefully you can go through the boundary. Like if you're bringing up every Thanksgiving that you're just dying to be a grandma to the whole table, or you're asking them to have kids. Like hopefully you're listening to this podcast and knowing that there maybe needs to be some change and you can have growth in yourself. That's what I hope boundaries come from. Okay, so if someone in your life is struggling to get pregnant and they are feeling anxious, they're feeling overwhelmed, hopefully you know a little bit more about the actual procedures that they're going through, but you also should know that it's very likely that they're anxious, they're overwhelmed. At times, they may have had some really traumatizing moments. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to talk about. What we're wanting to do is say, look, if they're coming to you and you want to be in relationship with them, we're aiming at healthy connection, which means that we're asking permission to be involved. We're um, making ourselves available. We're letting them dictate to us what they actually need. We're respecting boundaries, but we're not disappearing. And lastly, remember 
They are the main character and you are the supporting cast. Remember that this is their fight, not yours. They are experiencing infertility, not you. Oof, that's difficult. But you are so the, good. You are on, they are in baseball, they are on the field and you are on the bench. Yes. Like they are the main actors, you are the supporting role. So if we can, obviously we care for these human beings and we don't want them to be sad and we mm-hmm. don't want them to be going through a hard time, but it is not about us. It right. is about them. And it is, they are going through this as a couple. If that is the one thing that you can take away from this podcast, that would be, I think the most important thing <laughs> of all the other things that we said of just you, it is about them yeah. and their journey. It's hard to do that when you have someone who you love is going through infertility because you're like, I want to, I want to help in any way and just like shield you from this, but they have to go through it. They're the ones experiencing it. And it doesn't mean that you can't have your own grief journey. Right. If you are a mom, I imagine of someone who is struggling with infertility, you're grieved. You're grieved. That's okay to have your own grief journey and to be like, wow, that really makes me sad. But when you are taking care of them, especially when they are in treatment or something super traumatic is going on, you know, it is about them and what they are going through and supporting role. You are supporting role. Okay, Jesse, let's wrap this podcast up. Do you think we made the 38 minutes? No. No way. I'm going with 46. 46. 46 minutes. I could I could be down with 46. 46 right, minutes. Well, hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have listened to this and you're thinking, oh man, I would love my brother to hear this, send it to him. Yes. Hopefully this conversation was a little bit enlightening for us to say, here's what we think would be a good idea. Yeah. To say, why don't you go sit down with a loved one? Maybe you're the loved one who has someone in their life struggling with infertility. Maybe you're struggling and you know you need to go have a conversation with someone that you love. We encourage you to do it. Uniquely Knitted is all about our connections. We believe that healthy connections build resilience. Um, And to to be connected takes a little bit of vulnerability, um, a little bit of bravery, but we know that you will feel better if you connect in a healthy way. it's, It's just a gentle approach. A gentle approach and a clarifying conversation could mean the world to someone who is struggling. And another big thing that people always say when they're struggling is no one knows what this is like unless you go through it. And change that narrative. Change that narrative in the world that not everyone can do that. You can be there for someone who's struggling with infertility and not have had experience it yourself. Thank you for listening to the Infertility Feelings Podcast, a show produced by the nonprofit Uniquely Knitted. This is your place to process, cry, and laugh about infertility. We are so grateful to all of our wonderful donors who support this work. If you would like to learn more about how we serve the community and support the work of Uniquely Knitted, we encourage you to check us out at uniquelyknitted.org. If you enjoy this podcast and would like more people to hear it, please give us a rating and a comment in Apple Podcast. This is the best way for more people to hear these conversations. If you need to talk to someone about your feelings, please reach out to us. We are here to help you. If you would like to learn more about our unique process groups, please follow the link in our show notes. See you guys next week.